What is up, homies? Welcome back to the Outkick Bets Podcast. I'm the host, Jeff Clark, and we're here. Well, I'm here with David Troy to wrap up our NBA 2023-2024 season preview, and we're going to look at the opening night in the NBA, uh, which is Tuesday, October 24th, tomorrow. I uh, probably should have given you guys more runtime here or given my podcast more runtime, but I feel like the sports betting space has like the shortest shelf life of all sports media and like if i sent this podcast out a couple weeks ago no one would really care or get lost in the ether but truth be told i kind of procrastinated on my uh nba handicapping um so i've been bogged down with the nfl and i'm parachuting in the nba a little bit a little bit late but still a day ahead of the, the 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 regular season, David. We need to have a bounce back season this year. We both yeah. sucked. Me specifically sucked last year. I know you kind of went through it through part of the season, but got some of it back in the playoffs. Can you scale from zero to ten your confidence going into the season? Yeah, my confidence is a ten. It's always a ten. <laughs> God damn it! Hey, I love that you alpha. <laughs> And the thing is, like, you really shouldn't be betting if you're not confident in what you're betting on. There's a difference. Yeah, obviously. I never do that. Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> but there's a difference, though. With, like, a parlay, you're pretty sure it's going to lose before you put it in. Have <laughs> you ever bet Zach Wilson? Fun. Have I ever bet Zach Wilson? Uh, or how about this? I'll, I'll keep it local to you. You've bet Justin Fields before. Do you feel confident when that happens? specific things i suppose <laughs> they like if i can expect him to try and get a rushing touchdown because that's about all he can do so. fair enough i'm just saying there are times where i make bets where yeah. i'm not so confident sure sure i got you but yeah i would say overall yes i am i'm confident all right, so go back into our feed and check out our eastern conference and western conference previews we go through all 30 teams give Likes, lean, leans, best bets for the win totals for all the teams. Uh, today, we're here to talk about, though, like I said, the season awards, um, who we like to win each conference, the finals, and then we're going to talk about opening night. So let's start with the season awards here. Um, we'll go with the most important one first, MVP. Which of the top names are you looking at, if any? I would say... Uh... Jokic is probably, I mean, he is the, um, he's the favorite and he was a favorite for a reason. Last year he was probably screwed out of it. You can make an argument that two years ago Embiid should have won and last year Embiid did win. You could, I, I mean, whatever you want to do, flip them, however you want to look at it. But Jokic deserved it last year, I think, in Damn a lot right of ways. He, 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 was, he was the best player. He clearly showed it. So this could be one of those years where the media is like, okay, well, he didn't get it last year. We'll give it to him this year. Um, Whoopsies. Yeah. He's going to have to probably once again, put up basically like a triple double average for the nuggets. That's what he does. It's hard to argue with that. Um, So, you know, it's as square as it can be. It's a favorite, but out of the top people, Jokic is the only person I would look at. And I'm, I'm looking all the way down to, at least the first four, which is Jokic, Doncic, Giannis, and Embiid. I wouldn't vote for Doncic or Embiid um, in this because I think Luca's team is going to suck, and I think Embiid, they, like I said, that he got it last year, and I don't think people were – I think people regret giving it to him. Absolutely, and they should because Jokic was clearly the best player in the NBA last year. Yeah. No, I'm with you, but didn't you lean towards the, un, uh, the under for the Nuggets season win total? I did. So that would probably keep you from going to the window in Jokic, right? Yeah, I'm not playing it. But out of, you know, you were asking about the top. Yeah. That's that's who I would look at. So I'm with you. Um, I would actually, the the highest favorite I would like, and I think I am going to get some money down on is Jason Tatum at 8-1. to Um, He had a career year and points per game, rebounds per game, assists, win shares, true shooting, usage, PER. 
He's durable. He's played at least 64 games in all six seasons. He's got the team success needed, um, you know, to, to, to bolster his MVP resume. Um, I think the Boston Celtics are a legit 60-win candidate team for the regular season. I think the fact that he hasn't gotten it before um, helps his case, right? I think there is a little bit of voter fatigue for Jokic, generally speaking, and his basic numbers could come down a little bit just by everyone else playing a little bit better and just, you know, more team continuity from the regular, uh, from the, the championship run last year. I'm with you totally on, uh, on Luca and, 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 and bead. Um, Giannis is fair at that number, but I'm not laying, I'm not, I'm not betting five and a half to one on him. So the, I guess of, of the, of the five favorites, the, the, the triple digits are lower guys. Uh, I would take Tatum, who's at the bottom of that range at eight to one. So yeah, I, I agree with you. I mean, this is this is a good opportunity for him this year because you're saying you know again his team is going to be good. They're probably going to win fifty five plus games this season. And if you don't give it to Jokic, he is he's probably the most likely because now that Giannis is in Milwaukee. A lot of that uh, credit for team success will probably be balanced out a little bit. So, yeah, I, I like the look for sure. Yeah, and really, all the NBA awards are pretty chalky. You know, it's yeah. very rare, especially with the NBA MVP, that like someone comes out of, I don't know, like a long shot caches. If I were mm-hmm. to go far down the board and try to peg a long shot, it's going to be two of the most injury prone players from the LA basketball teams go Anthony Davis at 35 to one and, and, and Kawhi Leonard at 35 to one. I was actually yep. surprised that Kawhi Leonard has played at least 50 games in the three years he's actually played for the Los Angeles Clippers. Whereas Anthony Davis only averaging 48 as a Laker, but I guess the official long shot, if I had to pick one or the other would be Anthony Davis at 35 to one. I mean, he's tied for the 17th best odds to win the NBA MVP. And his upside is second best player in the NBA behind behind Jokic, right? That's his upside. Mm-hmm. Like, max ceiling. I, I don't... Defensively, he could actually have a better year than Jokic when, uh, once you combine offense and defense. But I think right now everyone agrees that Jokic is the, you know, the belt holder coming into the season. Do you have any like long shots that you would be interested sprinkling on or any thoughts on my AD look? Yeah. So I think I brought up AD on our Western conference preview as, as that being a better look than betting on the Lakers over under, I believe. Um, Cause if, if the Lakers go over, it's probably because Anthony Davis has actually played. And then now you're getting 35 to one on, on his odds, which is really good. Um, the question, of course, is durability. Is he going to be able to play 65 games this mm-hmm. season, which you now have to play 65 games in order to qualify for this? So with that in mind, the other guy that I was looking at was Anthony Edwards at 30-1. to 1. Yeah. Now, um, there's a number of guys that are ahead of him that probably will play 65 or more games. But you got guys like Trey Young. He's not going to be the MVP. Devin Booker could be. LeBron probably won't play 65 games if I had to guess. Lillard might, but again, he's on Giannis's team now, so his his stock is going to be low for this. Like all those kind of things. So there's a bunch of people in front of him that I'm just not sure are worth betting on. So I like Anthony Edwards at 30 to one. Uh, I think the Timberwolves are going to be good this year. I think he continues to make a leap. I I have said it before that I think Edwards very well could be the you know, the NBA scoring leader one year or, or an MVP candidate at the very least. Um, so that's one look. And then if we're also going to talk about another 35 to one that I like is Zion. And that's the same issue that you have with Anthony Davis. But when Zion is in the court, he is a true difference maker. If he's healthy, it, I think it is worth a look at him. Um, I, I, I would really prefer this to be better odds. I'd prefer it to be 40 or higher, but 
at 35 to one, I think Zion is worth a shot. If the guy happens to play 65, 70 games, the Pelicans probably win 40 something of them that he's in. And he probably is going to be averaging, I don't know, 27 points and, and nine rebounds, five assists, something along those lines. And I think he could come away with it. Uh, if he plays 82 games and he averages more than those numbers, but he'll definitely get a look. Yeah, the most deflating thing in basketball is getting bullied and pushed under the basket, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, you play more yeah. than I do. You know what I'm like? Basketball players aren't used to that, right? They're not used no. to someone like being physical with them. And Zion, like that's his gift. That's his specialty. So yeah. that's a good point. And yeah, like you said, it's you know, it's the same shit with Anthony Davis. If this dude plays 70 games. Shit, he yep. could average 30, and I'm pretty sure he had like a 70% effective field goal shooting re- in recent years because it's pretty much all dunks and layups. He just yeah. gets you under the basket. Um, yeah. Anthony Edwards, another great look. We're going to talk about the Timberwolves and how high I am on them this year. Um, well, spoiler alert, I think they're going to be a top three team in the West from um, regular season win-loss record. And I'm looking at Anthony Edwards' stats right now. He improved. Um, in each of his first three years, this is his fourth season, four-year pop theory. He obviously checks that box. He's improved in points per game, rebounds per game, assists per game, steals per game, blocks per game, three-point shooting, and field goal shooting. That's it? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, if he gets a little bit better, he's averaging 24.6 last year. He gets up to 28, 6, and 5. They're a top three seed. Everyone's like, finally, someone's dragging that corpse Carl Anthony Towns to the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he does get it. And 30 to 1 is a great look. And he has the longevity and the durability. I mean, yeah, he wants to play 82 games. Yeah. He pretty much called NBA players chicken shit for not wanting to play 82 games. I love that. Essentially. Kid. Yeah, um, all right. That's a great look. So I got Tatum. Eight to one is my pick. I think I'm going to bet on it. You might have just talked me out of Anthony Davis because he's he's 35 to one. Anthony Edwards is 30 to one. But like you, I would feel like an idiot when Anthony Davis sprains his ankle in November. It's like, oh yeah, totally right, <laughs> totally. This is always like, going to go that way. So, so you know, I'm giving out my NBA futures probably today for clients. And I will tell you, I have both Edwards and Davis on it, but they're not even full units. They're like quarter units. 30 yeah. to 1, if you win, hey, cool, you get, you know, whatever it is, eight units or whatever back. But if you lose, you know, you're talking about 25 bucks if you're $100 better. Yeah, so. I don't really like futures for team sports, if I'm being honest, especially in the NBA, because you can get these prices midseason um, sure. just by shopping around and, and, and you know, um, focusing on the lines looking at the lines actively so the other thing is like betting on golf has kind of warped my brain like i bet a 30 to one shot every single week and yeah it cashes or loses after four days whereas i gotta wait eight months for one of these um, Agreed. so i prefer to, to keep it in regular season um action as we've talked about before and like you said if i am gonna bet one of these futures it's really only gonna be a quarter unit half unit type play for me Sure. Um, almost like just something to root for as the season goes along. Yeah. Uh, defensive player of the year. The reigning winner was Jaron Jackson. And he kind of proved that, or at least maybe last year was an outlier, but he didn't even average nine rebounds per game. So I say that because Bam Adebayo's only average, I think, 10 double-digit rebounds per game. Um, and two of his seasons and I'm taking him at nine to one to be the defensive player of the year. Essentially. I think he's the best defensive player in the NBA. He can guard bigs and ball handlers. I'd prefer him guarding ball handlers and bigs, but like there aren't a lot of bigs in the NBA that will make him pay. Cause he is a little small for a center. Jokic is really the only one like Embiid handles the ball too far out from the basket. Miami's defense is, just usually a top five, top 10 unit. And he is the anchor of that defense. He was tied for ninth in defensive win shares last year. And 
was his fourth consecutive season and all uh, team, all defensive uh, NBA second team. So that's my favorite look. Um, anyone you have your eye on for defensive player of the year? Yeah, just because uh, I think it's kind of worth a shot is Victor Wembanyama. Uh, I'm going to call him Wemby because I'll probably mess up his last name every single time that I say it. But uh, 15 to 1. Um, watching his highlights, I mean, he, I want to say that there, there's a few things. Number one, he's going to get a ton of attention this season because he's going to be probably the rookie of the year. And I'm sure we'll probably get to that in a little bit. But uh, number two, he's so unique that they're having him like stay kind of close to the top of the free throw line and then almost jump out at three point uh, shooters and he's able to block shots. I don't know if you watched, uh, there was this like 90 second span in the Clipper or, or the Spurs versus Warriors the other night where he, well, like, what, what game was that? It was a preseason game. It was, wasn't it? It was, it was a preseason oh, game. <laughs> did you see what Jonathan Kaminga did to him? Spoiler alert. Uh, I got some, yeah. I got some future yeah. action on Jonathan Kaminga <laughs> in a few minutes. Yeah. But he did this, thing where he like dunked it and then he came down he got a rebound or something and then dunked it again and then uh clay thompson shot a three and he like jumped up from the free throw line and blocked clay thompson's three and then took it down and and did something crazy the guy's good he's gonna get attention (laughs) yes he's unique and the spurs also i believe i heard the other day they went from having like one primetime game or something last year to having like 20 this year yeah, it's not going to blow up in the NBA's face when he stubs his toe and pop shelves him for the year. Right. right. So it, it'll it be interesting, but 15-1, to I, I think it's it's worth a look on him because he's going to be really good and hard to shoot over. So as a fellow sports gambler, you get this, but my instant reaction to everything is to, to fade it, to argue, yeah. to be a contrarian. Yeah. I can't with this kid. I really yeah, can't. I can't. Whenever either. I watch him, it's like, oh. I want to as well because he's – He's so skinny and like he looks like he, you could, you know, blow him over. Like, yeah. I and mean, then it's I, like, yeah, when you like look at him in pictures and see some of the highlights, like, yeah, he's just a big guy. But then you watch him a little bit more and like he handles the ball and he makes nice passes. Like, holy shit, this dude can play a little bit. Like, yeah, he, you know, like this guy isn't this, they're not, maybe it was worth tanking for this fool. Yes. I actually, I totally agree. I think I'm going to take the points at the Spurs Wednesday night at home against the Mavericks. I just like oh, their whole starting lineup. We'll, we'll talk about this hopefully um, in a day or two, but their whole starting lineup is like six, seven and yeah. Dallas plays at a very slow pace. So I just feel like Dallas is going to be shooting contested jumpers over s- dudes at seven foot wingspans the whole night. And they're not going to, they're not going to cr- uh, own the glass at all. Right, they're not going to get to the free throw line, really. Like I, I, I like the Spurs, but I'm getting a little ahead of myself. So Bam Adebayo um, is fourth by the odds to win Defensive Player of the Year. That's my favorite pick here. And if I were to go down a little further, not that far, but I'd go to Draymond Green at 22 to one. Um, he won this award in 2017, first team All Defense, um, four-time first team All Defense, defensive anchor of a possible title team. I think he's going to have like a reduced point point guard role this year because of Chris Paul. So it's like he yeah. can focus more on defense. Um, and I thought this was surprising. Golden State actually led the NBA in defensive rating two seasons ago. So if they can get back to that like top tier defensive team again, you know, he is one of the best defensive players in the league. And I think he could get credit for it. And it's also like, he is one of the best defensive players ever, and only one defensive player of the year is a little light. I know that doesn't really go into the voting, but I just see him getting it again. And, and twenty-two to one isn't a bad look. So that's defensive my long player shot. of the year. Or, like defensive awards in the NBA are so weird, man. There, there was the one or two years where the defensive player of the year didn't even make the first team All Defense. It's just stupid. Yeah, I don't. I think it's kind of nonsense. Jaron Jackson won it last year. If I'm being honest. Yeah, and we he's, he's about a good that player, too. but like yeah. he doesn't rebound and he gets into foul trouble all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he got into foul trouble so much. He only averaged like 31 minutes per game last year. 
So whatever it is, like you said, it is kind of like this random fluky award. Um, I don't think this is going to be a random fluky award this year, but rookie of the year, you already talked about it. Victor Wimbayama. Did I just do what you didn't want to do? I think I did. Uh, Wemby, he uh, is minus 125 to win rookie of the year. I can't make a case for him not winning it. I like Chet Holmgren when he was 6-1. to one. Now that he's roughly 2.5 to 1, I don't like it so much. Um, and usually these highly touted NBA dudes, they, they pan out. <laughs> they do. Like, I guess the most recent, not the most recent, but the most obvious examples are Tim Duncan um, and, and, and LeBron James. But he has a clear runway for this to be his team, right? I, as long as he doesn't get injured, like, I think they're going to run the offense through him. He's obviously the anchor of the defense. I, You know, he's one of the best prospects in recent memory. And I, yeah, he's a one of one. Yeah. And to your point, they are very rarely wrong about the number one overall pick in the NBA. I mean, there've been a couple drafts where they're like, we're not sure who should be the number one pick, but usually the number one overall pick is the best player in the draft. Um, yeah. Basketball is kind of one of those. I think it's the easiest sport to scout. Maybe it's just, I grew up playing it and I just can see it well, but it's like you can kind of see when someone's got it and when they don't. Yeah. You can see if they're doing the right stuff and all that. Yeah, for sure. Um, Any uh, long shots? That's that's what I was going to say. I mean, there's really not even anybody. Brandon Miller is a potential at 16 to one, but to be honest with you, the only way that, Wemby doesn't get this is if he doesn't play his 65 games because it is a requirement for rookie of the year as well. And then Chet probably has to be after that. I've heard some talk about Scoot Henderson getting it I because they're going to basically hand the keys over to him and just be like, hey, Scoot, go ahead and try and lead the Trailblazers to as many wins as you can kind of thing. Yeah. I'm we not both sure kind of like him to go confident. over too. Yeah. I, I, I'm just not sure that I would get behind it. Um, I think you could probably wait for the first few weeks when Manano probably drop down to maybe one minus 175, maybe minus 200 even after the first few weeks. And Scoot will probably give you better odds at that point. Then you can take it if you think uh, Wemby is going to get hurt or something along those lines. Yeah, I've heard cases being made for Cam Whitmore, the kid from Villanova. Um yeah. I like his game a lot. He plays for Houston, and there's a chance he can get a lot of run because Houston's not that good. Um, you know, like if he balls out, they'll they'll definitely siphon off some of Dylan Brooks's minutes for Cam Whitmore. But twenty five to one, I heard it was going as much as a hundred to one earlier in the preseason. So all that uh, value has been has been sucked out of the line. If I were to go further down the the only the only name that stands out to me, I'm a, I'm a Heat culture stan. I really am. I'd go, and I'm from Southern California. Or I live in Southern California. I'd go Hami Hami Hakez, um, the kid from UCLA, seventy five to one, just because they are going to count on him since they didn't get Dame Lillard, they didn't get uh, Drew Holiday. They lost Max Struess. They lost Gabe Vincent. Kyle Lowry is probably going to play like 40 games. So I think this kid's going to get run. He's a polished player, which you almost never see in the NBA anymore. Like he played four years at UCLA. I think he was a four-year starter. He's, I don't know if you've ever seen his game, but like he can get his shot off in a lot of different ways. Like he is, he can, he can hit shots. Um, he can finish around the basket. He's really good in the mid range and, and he can space the floor. He's a, a six seven wing, so I like his game. I think he's going to contribute in year one, and I think you know based on the injuries that Jimmy Butler usually, the games Jimmy Butler usually misses with injuries, he he could even get some starting minutes here that can help like boost his his basic numbers. But it's Victor, it's Victor Wemby for me as well, minus one twenty five. I don't want to sit here and pretend like uh, there's really any value anywhere else on the board. Yeah, coach of the year. This is a game. This is a a, a market I don't generally like. I'm just going to go with who I think is the coach of the best team, and that's Joe Missoula at eight and a half to one. 
that's really kind of all I got on this one. I mean, I think Boston's going to be the best regular season team in the NBA with a 60-win ceiling. Um, 60 wins definitely puts you on the, as like a finalist as coach of the year, most likely. Um, the Boston Celtics got a huge chip on their shoulders. I mean, they got the six starting five. You know, it's the Celtics. And I think uh, if they have the best record in the league, Joe Mazzulla will get a little bit of praise for it just because he got dished on so so much in the uh, in the postseason for, for Boston not making the finals. But anything jump out to you in this market? Uh, no, I I tend to not bet coach of the year until the end of, or until around all-star break uh, because then you kind of get a chance to see who's doing well, but you can also see kind of like those who are creeping up. Um, and this at least to me seems like it's usually an award that uh, is like a recency bias. Like, Oh, they made the playoffs. So we're going to give it to this, this team that just like kind of turned it around <clears throat> two years ago. Tibbs won it. Um, and I, I think he, uh, I think he deserved it, but I got him at like 10 to one around the all-star break because the Knicks were good, but they hadn't quite gotten to where they needed to be. He ended up winning it last year or uh, two years ago then, I it backfired on me. I had, um, I can't think of the guy's name, the head coach for the Cavs. Monty Williams? No. Oh, J.B. Bickerstaff? Yeah. Um, so I bet him because I was like, oh, look, the Cavs are actually playing better. They look like they might you know, make the playoffs, that kind of thing. They ended up giving it to Monty Williams, which I still think is the wrong choice. But, uh, you know, and then last year, uh, Mike Brown got it. And that was deserved. He obviously turned around that team. So, um, Monty uh, Williams it, it, got that award because people regretted giving it to Tibbs a year before, not yeah. Monty Williams. Yeah, I yeah no, I fully get that, but still don't like it. So no, I hear you. Um, in any case, no, I I I don't even have a recommendation for this. If I had to choose one, if I if I had to pick somebody, I'd say maybe. I don't know. Nick Nurse. We'll go with him. Yeah, my lukewarm support of Joe Missoula definitely isn't inspiring. So this is actually mm-hmm. not even a market. I'm going to bet. I'm just giving you my official pick. Uh, six man of the year. I like Josh Hart at three thousand uh, plus 3,000, 30 to 1. <laughs> I'm sure to say 3,000 to 1. I love him at that. <laughs> <laughs> I almost did say that. Yeah, he, uh, he led the Knicks in on-off net rating in his 25 regular season games with them after they picked him up in the trade deadline. R.J. Barrett gets benched in late-game scenarios because he sucks, and Josh Hart usually gets those. Um, uh, he's usually out on the floor in those spots. I could see him getting less usage, R.J. Barrett, if he doesn't get much better, especially with Dante DiVincenzo in the fold and then a full year of Josh Hart. The Villanova vibes those guys bring to the table and partnering up with Jalen Brunson, I think, is uh, something that's at least actionable. And he contributes in several several different ways. One of the best rebounding guards, wings in the NBA is nasty in the fast break. Like He just like puts his head down and can get to the rim because he's so strong. Um, get to the rim against anyone, really. He's a pretty good three-point shooter, uh, at least enough where you got to respect it and he can provide some floor spacing. And he can defend really one through four. He's a little shorter to be playing centers, but like his nickname's the Incredible Hulk because the dude's strong as hell. So he just brings a lot to the table. I like the price point. Um, again, I would only sprinkle like a, a quarter of a unit on this at all, uh, or if, if anything at all. But I uh, also have another look at 40 to 1. But do you have anything in this market? Uh, I think we're going to talk about the same guy for 40 to 1. But. Um... I like Malik Monk at 11 to one. I was looking at him too. Yeah. I mean, he was great for the Kings last year. I thought he really came alive in the playoffs as well. Um, and he's really just out there to score, which is what a lot of people are supposed to do for six man. So I think he's a pretty good look. Um, I wouldn't go with Brogdon. I don't think he's worth it. Emmanuel quickly. I do think has a better shot at eight to one. Um, he was a nominee last year, I think. Or sixth man. Yeah, he was a nominee last year. He was um, a favorite at one point. 
at one point, yeah. So he, he could definitely be worth it because um, he's, again, he's a guy who just kind of comes in and scores a bunch of points for you and makes a difference. So I would say those two are my, my top spot, and then you and I are probably both on the same guy at 40-1. to One through six, outside of Malcolm Brogdon, who's actually the favorite to win this award, I think you can make a great case for. Manuel Quigley's a baller. I'm I'm a Knicks fan. I I love his game. I've loved his game Mm -hmm. since we drafted him. Norman Powell, if he stays healthy, is definitely going to be in the mix for sixth man of the year, and he can boost his numbers by starting in games that Paul George or Kawhi Leonard miss. Malik Monk, you already made the case for him. Good case. Derek White is someone I hated before Boston got him, and I just – I was just wrong. He plays really well yeah. for that team. Um, he's surprisingly good on defense, too. Yep. And he's also like a starter six-man hybrid, which could also mm-hmm. boost his numbers. Bobby Portis, you talked about him in a recent podcast, damn near a double-double. Um, averages damn near a double-double. It can make shots anywhere around the around the, the floor and is actually like a really, really good offensive player. Um, Chris Paul, 20 to one. I I'll listen to an argument. Rui Hachimura, no way. Um, but 40 to one. Kaminga. I was, it is Kaminga. The only thing I want to mention one thing about Chris Paul is I, I am a little concerned that he won't qualify for it. Um, which he was the one who stood out to me originally, but I, I think he's going to end up starting most of the season. I don't, you don't No. But I'm not. I'm not like. I don't know. I'm not going to argue with you that 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 strongly. I just I vote that he ends up coming off the bench more. Well, and if he does, then he's going to be the sixth man of the year. Like there, there's nobody who'd be better coming off of the bench than Chris Paul. But I just I I think I forget how many games you have to like if you start a certain number of games you're not qualified for sixth man anymore and i yeah. think he'll he'll reach that so that's that's the only reason i'm mentioning it to everybody who's listening if they you know are thinking about betting it just take that in consideration my main pushback on chris ball winning is actually i think there's a 40% chance he's washed well that's interesting yeah i mean he's older than me <laughs> i'm no, old man. You know, you're not old. I mean, for a basketball player, I am old. Well, for a basketball player, maybe, but Uh, all right. I'm just saying, like, I'm not. These guys have different makeups than us, for sure. But you know, what's the old adage? Like, father time is undefeated, right? Like, he looked really old last year, and I think he played half the games. He was far less aggressive, and like most NBA awards are. Like, they're 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 stat awards, right? Like yeah. like that was my favorite part about your Malik Monk argument. Like he can average an efficient seventeen eighteen points per game, and that will be good enough to win it. Yeah. So I'm let's not sure talk I would about call Malik Monk efficient. <laughs> well, I'm yeah. I'm saying he could yeah. if it, the path to Malik Monk cashing this ticket is better efficiency because he is going For to sure. put the shots up. For sure. Um, and. I think the case we're about to make for Jonathan Kaminga also hurts Chris Paul's case. If anything, Kaminga could help Chris Paul by getting him some easy assists off and, and, and like um, if they play on the second unit together. I love this kid's game, honestly. He's scored the second most points per uh, game in the preseason, which is a point that matters after you brought up the Victor Wimbanyama 92nd highlight mm-hmm. tape. That's right. He plays a premium position. Shots are available now that Jordan Poole left. There's really no <laughs> offensive players on their bench, right? I mean, Gary Payton is a perimeter defender. Moody, I don't even really know what that guy's profile looks like, you know? So Kaminga's going to be counted on to score points off the bench. He improved in three-point shooting from his first to second year. I don't even know. I've heard, like, basketball people get defensive about still keeping his stock. I think the kid turned 21 like a few weeks ago. Like he's young. Like he's young and a good team. I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna have a nice year this year. Yeah, Kaminga is one of those guys who I think ha- people have a lot of opinions about because it, it feels like uh, if you want the Warriors to win a championship right now, he's one of the guys that they should have traded. 
And if you were kind of like looking at a longevity or whatever for the team, he's the guy that you want to keep. So I think that's part of the reason that they, they have so much battle. But I, I like his game. I like the way he looks. And at 40-1, to I think he can fill in that role that Jordan Poole was supposed to have last year. Um, and I, I think it's well worth it. Uh, I do want to mention two other guys if, if we got a second for it. Go ahead. Cam Thomas, 45-1. to 1. Hmm. He's going to come in and, and score a ton of points. The only issue I think that will happen with him is I'm not sure how many times Brooklyn will be in the limelight this year because most people are down on their team. So not really sure, but that guy can score whenever he wants to, and he can quietly put up 40 points on you when you uh, don't expect it. So Yeah, he quietly follows up 40-point games with being benched. I don't get it. Yeah. I think he, yeah. like – gets into arguments with the head coach or something or is it maybe he's a bad employee just doesn't show up to practice i don't i don't know what it is he i did hear one one comment or something about him they asked him why he like never smiles or never laughs or something and he said nothing's funny <laughs> so he, he just may have a sucky personality but whatever um the other guy is christian braun i won't bet him he's 50 to 1 but they're already trying to like make a PR campaign for Christian Braun to be the sixth man of the year or most improved player, whatever you want to give him either one, both of them. Um, and he probably is the best player on the bench of the nuggets. So he could be somebody at least worth consideration, but not for me. All right. Well, let's go to most improved player before we give out our playoff teams and our picks to win the championship. Um, and this kind of bridges into my playoff teams because going with Cade McNamara uh Cade McNamara that's the that's a quarterback for Iowa I believe Cade Cunningham at 13 to 1 uh to win most improved player this is an award for third or fourth year players or first time all-stars um he's going into his third season I think the 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 sky is the limit for this kid's game. I, I love his game. I love his basketball IQ. I like I love his skill, uh, his versatile skill set, and I do think he could be an all star. Um, that's a bit of an outside um, chance, but he is going to be the center of Detroit's offense. Um, they get a new coach this year, Monty Williams, who I do think is a good regular season coach, and got kind of hosed in the uh, with the, the Phoenix Suns. I think he's got a pretty good players around him that can kind of help out. Like Joe Harris, Monty Morris, uh, Bagdanovich, all of which are like good three-point shooters, role players. James Wiseman, I'm high on. Um, just to change the scenery, he's looked good in the few games he's played for the Detroit Pistons since going over from uh, Golden State Warriors. And I do think the Pistons are going to sneak into the playoffs. I just, I'm just addicted to saying that at this point. So, and uh, if 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 the Pistons are close to 500. Like someone's got to get some credit around here. Maybe Monty Williams, but he recently won coach of the year. Could be voter fatigue. I just don't see this team being relevant without Cade, Mac- Cade Cunningham excuse me, being an all-star caliber player. So that's what I'm on. Uh, but I am the biggest Cade Cunningham stan, really, on the internet. So, <laughs> any, any looks here for you and most improved player? I think there's a ton of different options that we could consider. Um this is also I hit the same year you hit Tibbs, I hit Julius Randle mid season at like I think I got him at eight to one. So this is another award that you can kinda wait until yes. like Christmas time. Cause there'll be just guys like uh I don't know. I'm looking like a Shane Sharp. Shane Sharp yeah. right now is sixteen to one. He might average twenty points per game through the first like month or two, and that number not even really move. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of like what's his face, uh, Benedict Matherin. He he was great last year. He was I think he was rookie of the month or whatever for the Pacers, and then all of a sudden, kind of, kind of fell off a little bit. But I'm gonna just throw out a few names here, uh, and I'll give the odds, and then I'll just kind of give my overall statement. So Tyrese Maxey, ten to one. Uh, Markel Fultz, forty-five to one. DeAndre Ayton, thirty-five to one. So those are three guys that I would consider looking at and a brief overview for each one of them. Maxi is going to be asked to do a lot more because eventually Harden is probably going to be traded. Uh, it looks like Harden may not even play 
for the Sixers after all, after showing up to practices, and now he didn't show up to a preseason game. So who knows what's going on there? Um, but that's kind of worth it to me. Uh, at 10 to 1, he's the second favorite. Not really a surprise there at all. Markel Fultz is probably going to be the starter for the Magic. Uh, if you remember, he was the number one overall pick. Uh, he has suffered injuries. And if he gets the opportunity, I think he could open some eyes because I, I believe his shot is back to kind of what it was in college, I, I guess. He looks like more of a scorer, at least did last year for stretches. So if he can put it together for a whole season, wouldn't be surprised. DeAndre Ayton has gotten a bad rap, but he's going to be probably the both defensive and offensive anchor of Portland. And if they perform well enough, I think Ayton could be a surprise to a lot of people um, with just how good and how consistent he will be. Now, he probably would have to average 23, 24 points and 12 rebounds a game to get it. But I think those numbers are within reach for him. So... 35 to 1 for him seems pretty good. Um, these numbers are going to all fluctuate, though. And in the favorite, you know, Mikhail Bridges, I don't think should be the favorite. By now, if you didn't know that he was good, I don't really know if you're following basketball. The guy's great. So Yeah. He needs to average like 25 this year for that uh, cash. Yeah, but even if he does, like, would you be that surprised about Bridges? Like, is that is it that much of an improvement? He was doing that once he got traded from Phoenix to the Nets last year. I wouldn't be surprised, but I don't know. I think he's I think he's like a media darling. Sure. Okay, I gotcha. And like you if the no... Nets are feisty, yeah. you know, someone might get some sort of regular season award credit or love, and maybe maybe it is him. Yeah. I'm with you though. I wouldn't bet him at the at, at that price. And yeah. really I have no pushback on any of the, the looks that you gave. I'm just going to stick with Cade Cunningham. But again, this is a market that I might write about midseason or take more action in midseason once I kind of see these these uh, these players uh, get out there. Yeah. I don't know if this is a 65-game award, though, or not. I feel like pretty much they all are. The You know, it's there. there's going to be more of an emphasis on playing games this year. I think. Yeah. Right? I hope. You have, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You have anything for a clutch player award? Hell no! I didn't even. I see it, and I was like, you know what? I don't even care. I don't. I don't care. I don't care. It's such a stupid well, award. I mean, makes do two you, of us. Do you? I'm sorry. Do you have something? I don't mean to. No, 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 no. That makes two of us. Place. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't have anything for it. I mean, SGA makes sense because he's going to be the go-to guy for Oklahoma City, and they'll probably be playing close games. But. I couldn't even begin to tell you how, how people really vote for this. Uh, Fox is also the co-favorite along with Doncic and Lillard. Um, but I'm looking at SGA, Mitchell. 17 Donovan to Mitchell? one. Yeah. Well, that's not, not a bad look. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just the, he's the focal point of Cleveland's offense. I think, um, they could get into offensive lows, but their defense keep him in games and he can bail them out late. I mean, he's going to get a ton of usage and he is the, pretty lethal score but that's all i got for that let's talk about our playoff teams and who we like to win the championship real quick before we handicap the first two games of uh, the nba season out east um here are the order of my playoff teams i'm going celtics one seed new york knicks two seed milwaukee bucks three seed cavaliers four seed heat five seed 76ers six seed nets seven seed and my detroit pistons the eight seed who do you got i'm not gonna go by seeds because i didn't do that <laughs> i don't want to so, panic and so do the, it now do you have the pistons on your list no oh, but okay. so my eight teams would be celtics bucks uh 76ers uh, Nets, Cavs. Uh, there better be one team that didn't make it from last year. Come on. Yeah. The, uh, Haw- the Hawks and then the Magic. And I think the play-in teams will end up being the Pacers and the Heat. 
I think the Hornets and Hawks are going to be the playing teams, and they're going to be the playing. Actually, I'll pick the the Magic and the Hornets. Maybe I just hate the the Hawks so much, and I just want them to go down. But I'll go Magic uh, Hornets. What, what's up? What are you looking at? I don't know if I said Knicks or not. I might have overlooked the Knicks. I think you said the Knicks. Maybe that's why you. It was smart to do the the order of them. Celtics, Bucks, Hawks, Knicks. Cavs, 76ers. Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah, we're good. I got the Celtics representing the Eastern Conference in the NBA Finals, and I have them winning the championship. So I'll just cut right to the chase on that. Do you have your winner coming from the East or the West? Uh, I'm going West. Okay, who are your eight playoff teams? Okay, so I have the Timberwolves, the Warriors, the Suns, the Nuggets, the Clippers, the Lakers, and um, I have the Pelicans. So That's only no seven, right? Or did I miss something? Uh, Timberwolves, Warriors, Suns, Nuggets, Clippers, Pelicans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. One more. Um, you missing the T-Wolves? No, I said Timberwolves first. So... Right now, my my borderline is Lakers Grizzlies, and I will. I I can't imagine the NBA would uh, do a playoffs without the Lakers. So I'll take the Lakers. I like the Nuggets to have the one seed. The Warriors have the two seed. T Wolves have the three seed. Clippers four. Kings five. Suns six. Lakers seven. Pelicans eight. Okay. No Grizzly. No, 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 no. Steven Adams is out for the year. He just dropped, yeah. And that's a big, big loss. They're already down two starters. Morant's out for the first 25 games. I'm down on that team this year. Yeah. All right. So opening night, October 24th, Tuesday. Uh, NBA on TNT doubleheader. I miss Shaq Charles. Uh, Kenny Smith and EJ. So happy to get those fools back in my life. The Lakers Nuggets are the first game of the doubleheader. Nuggets are now up to five point favorites over unders two twenty eight. Uh, the Nuggets were favored seven and a half points on average at home versus the Lakers. Um, in their four regular season and playoff meetings last year. Why is this only five? I. Don't know that I really have an answer for you, other than maybe all of the, you know, the issues with the Nuggets' depth perhaps could be it. The Lakers did get better in the off season. I mean, my thing is the Nuggets' depth has been absolute shit la- since last year. Like if you look at their cleaning the glass profile, like the 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 bright orange numbers are where, like the team is really strong and the bright blue numbers are where they're really weak. The five starters are just bright orange, like as orange as the sun. And, and the bench is like ocean blue. Like it's not, this isn't new information. The, the, the nuggets don't have any depth. They don't, they have not. Right. Like, right. It's not new information. Like, I don't think the loss of, we talked about this the loss of Bruce Brown doesn't matter to me. I don't care about that. It it doesn't matter to me in that I don't think he's like a revolutionary player, but his replacement isn't is worse than he is. So if their bench was bad before and they took away their best players from their bench, then their bench should be very bad. I don't like your tone right now. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) No, fair enough. Julian Uh, Strother, though, balled in preseason and he's like in the top 10 for uh, possible rookies of the year. No, yeah, I, I get go? you, though. I get you, though. I, he's a Gonzaga kid. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, I, I mean, for this game, like, obviously Mike Malone has called out the Lakers a few times. That usually riles up uh, LeBron and, and them. So, I'm, you know, they should be at full strength here. I don't know. I can't imagine that any of them actually – care about the opening night game in the NBA. But I think if anyone cares, it's going to be the Nuggets. Why, though? Because you're raising the banner. 
It's your first. It's your first home game of the season. Also, Denver has to be the toughest place to play on the road early in the season before you get your your legs under you, right? I suppose. I mean, it's at altitude. When do you yeah. think is the most difficult time to play there? I would say it's the beginning of the year. Yeah, I. I mean. I was I was trying to look at the uh um like the the openers for the last few years. There's nothing that I thought looked great um like a, in terms of consistency. Last two years the home team has won relatively easy. But I don't know. This game this game throws me off a little bit because I I, I think it's either it's probably going to be a blowout one way or the other is my guess. I don't think it's going to be a very close game. So I've said this before. I'm not sure that the points matter one way or the other. I think if the the Nuggets win, they probably win by ten or more, and if the Lakers win, they probably win by ten or more. Yeah, but which would be more surprising? Uh, to me, it probably would be. You were thinking way too hard is, about this. This would be like the ultimate letdown to me it is that the Nuggets, you know, they come out, they celebrate their ring ceremony, they get their banner up, and then they're just kind of like, they come out flat. That would be what I would expect. And the Lakers come out and are like, hey, you guys swept us, we're still relevant kind of thing. I don't I have a hard time betting against LeBron in situations like this because I, even though he's old, I still think that there are certain things that matter to him, and I think this is one that, that might matter to him. Well, you know who's not going to come out and lay an egg in game one of uh, Nuggets-Lakers? Nikola Jokic? No, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, who's actually <laughs> like one of my least favorite players in the NBA. But I think I, I like his I was over. way off. <laughs> I, think, I think he's going to go over his nine and a half points uh, at points bet. So get that. It's uh, up to minus 130. The other legal sports books have it at ten and a half. I'd still play it over ten and a half. Uh, KCP over nine and a half points or 10 and a half is my best bet of this game. I am a little tripped out by the line. And to be honest, I've been wrong about the Lakers since roughly the all-star break last year. <laughs> like I, I didn't see them beating the Warriors. I didn't see, I didn't see them beating the Grizzlies. I didn't see them beating the Warriors. I didn't think they'd win the play-in. <laughs> Like, I've just been wrong. I've been wrong, and I don't want to do it again. And this line does feel sketchy to me. But KCP averaged 14.8 points per game in the Western Conference Finals on a team-high 62% effective field goal shooting versus the Lakers last year in that in that sweep. He scored at least 13 in five of his eight games versus the Lakers, including the regular season. He averaged... Um, he was he had a better three point shooting percentage and offensive rating at home last year. The best three point shooting percentage he had in any month last season was in October, and he's going to get the least attention from the Lakers' defensive um, game plan out of the whole starting five from for for Denver. So, I think he's just going to get a bunch of easy looks. Okay, and he's like willing to crash the glass. Like he'll make hustle plays here or there. So he could get like cheap, easy points. Like he's not, he is pretty much just a three and D guy, but he has a little bit more activity to his game than that. Hmm. Yeah. I know I came in a left field. Any, any KCP game one thoughts? I, uh, I don't have a thought on it one way or the other, to be honest with you. Um, yeah, he, no, no he, one, no one has really, <laughs> he's kind of like, uh, Michael Porter Jr. for me, every time I bet on him, like, because I think he's going to do well, he ends up screwing me over. And then when I think he's going to suck, he does really well. So he's a guy I tend to stay off of except for his three-point prop. But I like your bet for a few reasons because even looking at the um, the juice right now, for him to score over one and a half threes tomorrow is minus 125. So there's six points right there. So he really shouldn't need much more. Um. Yeah, yeah maybe it's pretty good bet. Maybe the Nuggets are up five inside of the last like twenty seconds. They doubled Jamal Murray and they get the ball to KCP, who's a capable free throw shooter. He hits a couple 
free throws to get him over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, Warriors Suns. Excuse me. Warriors are the home team. Suns are visiting them. The Warriors. It's it's minus one ten each way. It's a coin flip. Two thirty two and a half is the um, is the total. I'm gonna go with the Warriors. They're the best home team in the NBA since the start of 2021. They were phenomenal at home. Sucked on the road last year. Chris Paul is a spiteful little shit, and you know he's out for revenge. I wouldn't be surprised if this is his best game of the entire season. I agree. <laughs> you know, he's gonna take out somebody's legs. Yeah, and uh, this is really just a hunch, a guess. Obviously, I, I think Draymond Green's going to play. Like, he's been dealing with an ankle injury. He just participated in three-on-three and has been inching closer to being ready. Him and Kerr are saying all the right things, like saying, hey, we're not going to, you know, this is, we're in here for the long haul. We're not worried about opening night. But I think he's going to get out there and maybe sit game two or game three. But I think Draymond is out there for the the opening night against against the Warriors. So, um, and I also... I don't think anyone on Phoenix even really wants to play perimeter defense. So they're going to just Rochambeau each other, you know. Um, the Suns are going to kick the Warriors in the nuts in the mid-range, and the Warriors are going to kick the Suns in the nuts from, from outside the uh, arc. And threes are worth a little bit more than twos. That's just basic math. Hmm. You can't you so can't argue are. with that, can you? <laughs> so they are. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, I don't really have a great judge on this game either. And uh, I try to usually focus on player props because I think they're a little more consistent to start the season once you start to get a feel for the teams. Uh, and I my, my best bet in this one is actually Kevin Durant over four and a half assists. Somebody is going to have to distribute the ball for the Suns. And Durant took a lot of that role on last season, um, especially in the playoffs. Uh, so I kind of expect him to be one of the one of the primary ball handlers in this. Obviously, Booker will be as well. So and and supposedly Bray, uh, Bradley Beal will be too. But you know you're going to send help over to Durant, and he is more than a capable passer. Uh, so I'm kind of excited to see how he does this season. Um, just for reference. In the playoffs, he had five, seven, six, eight, three, one, four, six, five, five, eleven. Those were the two series in the playoffs. So um, I'd have to try and be better at math than I actually am. But uh, that's eleven games, and he went over his total one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. Eight out of eleven games. So somewhere around eighty percent of the time. So I'm gonna I'm gonna take him over four and a half for this game and uh What's the juice? hope that he replicates it. Uh when I had it, I took this the other day to be honest with you. It was at one thirty. Now it, I'm seeing one forty on DraftKings. I don't know about anywhere else. I kinda like that look. I might follow you on that one. Because I think he's gonna get like they're gonna they're gonna send Wiggins at him, they're gonna send Draymond, so He's going to look to defer a little bit because because right. the other players, Beal and Booker, are going to have easier matchups. Yeah. I mean, some, some nights it's going to be uh, Devin Booker who ends up going over his assist total, and some nights it'll be Durant. But t- tomorrow I think it's going to be Durant. Yeah, I think Devin Booker is going to be like the de facto point guard for most of the year for Phoenix. But I think yeah. your analysis about Kevin Durant tomorrow is, is, is sharp. I like that. Yeah. All right. Well, we got a big third. Oh, I don't know how many games are Wednesday, but um, the huge slate Wednesday. Hopefully, we can connect either tomorrow or, or Wednesday morning and talk about those games. I already have three plays in the holster. Ooh. I know between your full time job, dad duty, and the other sports that you write about, you haven't even touched on Wednesday yet. So, give you some time, and maybe we can circle back in the next day or two and give out some Wednesday plays. But. Thanks for uh, helping me out with the NBA 2023-2024 season preview. Be yeah, sure to, to uh, be sure to check out our Eastern Conference and Western Conference over-unders podcast on the Outkick Bets podcast feed. Where can people find more of your shit? Yeah, so um, like you said, Outkick, I write articles for them every day. 
I'm on Twitter at futureprez2024, and then uh, my NBA package and some articles and stuff are on beatinthebookie.com, B-E-A-T-I-N, thebookie.com. All right, and I'll be back later this week, regardless if we do any, any more NBA or not, to talk about NFL Week 8. So uh, pay attention to that hitting your podcast feed in the next few days. Uh, but I'll be talking to you guys. Until next time, peace. Thank you.